Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, fellow gamers? This is uh, It's Your Dad from Did You Read It? You know, you know what you're listening to now. Um, so a little, a little uh, I guess, announcement, for lack of a better term, on this episode. So this episode is, is a very fun one. Uh, we have Kevin Wiseman of uh, the podcast Did We Do It? Um, hosted by Kevin Wiseman and Kyle Gass. Kevin Wiseman, of course, of Alias fame and Runaways and a lot of other very sick um, films, TV, movies, etc. And then Kyle Gass from Tenacious D and Trainwreck. Um, Kyle, unfortunately, could not join us. I kind of referenced Kyle at the beginning, but he couldn't join us because of some family double booking Um uh, so just heads up. I know I referenced that, but then the main reason I'm doing this little preamble is because we had a, an utter audio explosion in the middle of the episode, um, at a, an aptly timed, uh, conversation about, about, um, bathroom encounters with Brad Pitt. Um, so, uh, you are going to hear an audio glitch, um, that I, I both couldn't really edit out because we, we had to, uh, kind of do this in one go. And then also, it's just kind of hilarious the way it all happened. So, um, but I just wanted to give you a little advance notice because you, you will hear that and, um, and I'm, I'm fully aware. And then, and then when, when Kevin's audio comes back, it's a, it's a, it's a different timbre entirely, um, because he had to record on a different mic. So sorry if that's annoying, but I just wanted to let you know in advance. Um, but thanks for listening, like, share, subscribe, tell your friends, you know, all that cool stuff. Um, here we go with uh, us and Kevin Wiseman trying to convince dog boobs and uh, my free day how to like music. See ya. According to a new study, 2% of the population is affected by a condition known as musical anhedonia. I can appreciate that someone's taking the time to uh, put it together and, you know, I guess it's hard to do. I wouldn't be able to do it, but it doesn't like save my life or make me like feel a certain way at all. I could pretty much just go without it. That dog not actually having it doesn't actually. No, uh, your I don't have headphones. These are literally like gas station headphones. Uh, <laughs> just pick it. them up. Maybe that's every maybe time that's I go. You don't like music. <laughs> I don't know, guys. I don't know. Could literally be the reason. There's um, more so to while, it. So while we're sorting this out, so this is Did You Reddit, a weekly podcast about the internet by way of Reddit. The front page of the internet. My name is It's Your Dad. I'm Dog Boobs. My Frida down here, ranch dressing studios. <laughs> Just oh, drinking right. ranch. Good timing. And so, and today we have uh, some very special guests. We're we're um, we're we're doing this. Um, we we don't typically do on a Sunday, so you know when we're doing it on a Sunday, it's because we have some some fucking elite, we have some elite, elite talent. Guests? Part of our part of our uh, our Believe family, actually. Um, also, people who don't want to meet at like six in the morning on the weekday, <laughs> it's <laughs> right. totally normal. Um, but uh, we are going to be so today's episode, we are going to be talking about music with uh, Kevin Wiseman and Kyle Gass, presumably Kyle Gass, though I know it was like uh, when I was talking to Kevin, he was like. Kyle doesn't like getting up before noon, so uh, we'll, we'll do our best. But uh, <laughs> like, likely, Kyle Gass, Kevin Wiseman from uh, the podcast, Did We Do It? on the Believe Network as well. So I'm going to pull in Kevin right now. I know Kevin's in the green room. Kevin Wiseman, what is up? Yo, what's up? Let me adjust so you don't see my... 
my dirty dishes in the sink. Let me adjust my screen. We see that we see a beautiful screen. modern art in the background. Instead. Yeah, okay, that's what we want. Little modern art and the the requisite tree that you put in every Los Angeles home. So very nice. <laughs> I paid way too much for it. I some service <laughs> they brought it out. The guy unboxed it. I'm like, I probably could have gone to Home Depot myself. It's perfect. Uh, Home, <laughs> Home Depot nice. has elite elite ferns. Actually, I think that people people really undersell. The offering that is at Home Depot, but I actually find what they have, or maybe I just like don't know anything about trees, which is probably more realistic. Yeah, no, they have nice stuff. How do I do? I sound okay. I've got my. I've got to give Great. a shout out to my the blue Yeti, the blue Yeti. Am I sound? Oh. Am I sounding all right? Ooh. Yeah, they sent me a microphone. You guys, it's not a big deal when you get to my level. <laughs> get free so microphones. Jealous. Free microphones. Free ferns. You you sound like we like to say you sound like you've been drinking buckets of ranch dressing and that's a compliment. Yeah, that's your your voice is it's creamy, it's creamy, it's delicious. Yeah, you know I was listening to your last podcast. I took my daughter to the North Hollywood Skate Park. Shout out to North Hollywood Skate. Can I get anything free if I shout out to them? Yeah, Um, Yeah, you you uh, Tony Tony Hawk actually has been a he's a big listener of ours, so I think (laughs) I like. But I was listening to your last podcast and I, I, I did, I know you were referencing another guest had the same ranch dressing voice. So mm. thank you for putting Nothing that creamier. But you are also a professional actor and voiceover yes. actor, I guess. So you, you, sh- if you didn't have a creamy voice, it would be uh, like utterly disappointing, quite frankly. So. <laughs> well, I mean, not all actors have creamy voices. Let's, I mean, the great rest <laughs> in peace, Philip Seymour Hoffman. He had a higher, you know, yeah. tenor yeah, to more his of voice. Like a, like a, like a, a, like a vinaigrette. Song. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. A mustard Dijon. A mustard Dijon. <laughs> his was spicy Green. mustard for sure. I have to uh, apologize. Uh, Kyle unfortunately has some family that came into town, and uh, he just he double booked. He he apologizes, and I apologize because I know you're probably really looking forward to meeting Kyle, uh, and I'm that's I'm totally not. fine. Well, we're, hey, we are no now part of the same family, so I'm sure at some juncture in time, maybe we will we will be doing this. And we also yes, realized Sunday afternoon for Kyle, I think that the, the we, like jokingly, you were like, well, before noon, it's going to be tough. So I kind of gave you <laughs> a little challenge. Well, he's up. He's just, he's kind of like, you know, he's, I got to get him in his, in the window. I got to get yeah. the window. <laughs> well, I think, anyway, I think so I'm you sorry. can be just as good a proxy for what we're going to be talking about today, because I know that you are also a musician and you've been yes. in hands with Kyle. And I think, you know, having listened to your podcast Train wreck. as well. The band. Yeah, train wreck. Uh, yes. And by the way, actually, this is an interesting factoid that I realized listening to your podcast. So I'm in a band called Melted Bodies, and Melted Bodies, nice. our newest record was mixed by the Lord John Spiker. What? Yeah. Oh my god, so, I gotta tell him. I gotta so tell Johnny, him. Boy Johnny, yeah. Boy Johnny. Melted yeah. bodies. I'll check. Wait, Melted did you bodies. guys just mix your record? We did it. Um, it would have been last. I mean, it would have been some 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 juncture in 2019 that we released it in 2020. But but he's like he's an absolute like legendary man. So every time I hear on your podcast when you're like you mentioned Boy Johnny, um, yeah. I'm always like, oh man, I, lo- I actually love my John Spiker. So that that was really a, a treat. To well, hear. Spiker and then John Kaneski, who is the guitarist yep. for, I mean, he's an amazing guitarist for. A lot of bands, but he plays in Tenacious D. He and and Spiker, they were living in Columbus. Kyle somehow was introduced to them, and we brought them in when Kyle started his side project, Trainwreck. 
and I knew Jack through, you probably heard this on the podcast through UCLA yeah. theater school. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. That's how I met Kyle. They needed a drummer. They knew I played drums. So, so I, we kind of, that's how we cemented our friendship. Yeah. And boy, you Johnny was the, your agent got a hold of their agent. And then <laughs> we had a power lunch. Yes. And uh, yeah, that's how we, that's how we started train wreck, which was uh, a lot of fun. And yeah, John Spiker has gone on to be the producer to the stars. Oh, dude, he's, he's amazing. I mean, he's guy. amazing. He does everything with John Carpenter. I mean, he's he's like, yeah, yeah he's he's a, he's a legendary filter, man. I have a lot filter? of love for him. Yeah, he played with yeah. Filter. All these things that Friday and Dogboobs know nothing about. I'm like, guys, this music show. world, it sounds so small. <laughs> Wait, so, so you guys Kevin, don't like so music? Think... Is that the deal? They don't like music? <laughs> so this is the theme, not, right? So, so not there's that. an ongoing joke. Yeah. And when I say joke, I mean, <laughs> these two are actually broken human beings and they have yeah. disease. And so they, we, we've kind of discovered that they may have music anhedonia and music mm. anhedonia being a, a literal physiological inability to appreciate music. And wow. so I know. Yes. Inability knowing. to appreciate music. So Here no are- music at all. Here are the symptoms. Right. Like if I were okay. to have gone to a doctor and this is like the diagnosis I was given, it's like, when I'm driving in the car, yeah. <laughs> it's in silence for the most part. Like when I'm podcasts, you don't listen to podcast. I'll listen to podcasts, but if I'm like between episodes or something, it's silence for me. That's all right. That's okay. And then I never think of music as like a go-to when I'm, you know, doing work, doing nothing. It's, it's literally never anything I put on. It's always an incidental in my life. And it's all, it's never something I seek out. And I've always thought that's very strange. And I've never, I've also never gotten the, uh, you know what? I'll, I've never gotten the emotional connection with music that like I see in some people, some people are like moved by music. And my brother's <laughs> one of those people. And he is just like, he'll send like song after song on a text chain with my mom. And he'll be like, you got to check this out. It's so soulful. And I'm just like, like what? What I'm not going to listen to it. Yeah. I don't know. Cause I don't click don't on it, <laughs> but I'm what like, about what? in movies, in movies, are you moved movies, by a score? Yes. Like I, I do get into like, you know, scores and then I do, there've been like a few Celine Dion movies or uh, Celine Dion <laughs> songs where like when that comes on and if it's like a certain mood I'm in, right. I'll just Titanic. be like, shit. Right. Yeah. She's right. the one. Okay. Yeah. It's kind so of where I'm you at. are moved by. Yeah, it's like Celine it's Dion. a spectrum. You know, I don't think you either have music anhedonia or not. I think you're you're kind of like right. on the spectrum a so little bit. You're on you're on the spectrum of music. Yeah, anhedonia. <laughs> I am spectrum, but spectrum. It's weird. No, I have the opposite because I can hear something that will take me back to <clears throat> being with my father. You know, when I was oh, seven years old, and I'll get emotional because I'm hearing some you know song that was you know some 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 classic rock song some Eagles song and oh. my dad loved that song he played it for me when I was oh you know uh um take it to the limit or something you know taking <laughs> that's a good song you and I are very yeah. similar in that capacity where I was I was raised on music my mom's a music teacher my dad was like you know, uh, uh, like he, he was really into very strange styles of finger picking because I'm from Appalachia. So he was like nice, really dude. into like um, odd finger picking, like kind of hill- hillbilly Appalachian finger picking style. So I was kind of yeah. raised on that. So it's like finger picking like apples, lemons. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> what? No, no. That, no. What are you that, talking about? Deliverance. Did you ever see the movie Deliverance? <laughs> of course. Yeah, I saw that when I was probably like six years old. You know, 
highly inappropriate. <laughs> highly inappropriate. <laughs> That's how it used to be. You used to watch the movies that were around. You didn't have know, Disney right? Plus. I know. <laughs> so, it's crazy. So I think because of that, I think this is a really uh, you know interesting opportune um, episode where we can we're going to talk through um, a subreddit called Let's Talk Music, mm-hmm. which is I was you know, checking out that. Subreddit. Yeah, it's pretty, okay, you it's pretty yeah. appropriately named, um, but it, it does. It's interesting because it's not like, dude, have you heard this like fucking Led Zeppelin cover? It's sick. Like it's more like, um, what? Like what? Do we? I mean, one of the big, one of the topics is like, is every genre created as an act of youth rebellion, which kind of like intellectualizes music and talks about the emotion and kind of the purpose of music. Which I think, through the lens of your podcast, did we do it? I think the goal here is. Did we make dog boobs and free day have a genuine appreciation of music? So that's, the I like what you're saying about the reaction. It's, it's driven by youth rebellion, because if you think of every, and that's what I was going to say earlier about music, it's, it's contextual. People say, you know, you look at like uh, uh, the grateful dead and, and, they're the godfathers of, of jam band. And everyone's like, Oh, well, you know, I like this fish or I like, you know, uh, this other band that leftover salmon, leftover salmon. There you go. You know, but you have to think contextually, nobody was taking rock songs prior to a band like that. Bands were on tour. It was Motown. It was, Hey, we're going to have 12 bands tonight. Everyone's going to play their two and a half minute songs for 20 minutes. And then the next band is going to play. But then this band came along and they were like, well, why can't we experiment like our jazz musicians and say, hey, we have a melody, we have lyrics, but we're never going to play this song the same way twice. And that blew people's minds. So you have to think contextually. You know, I think they're those songs, Robert Hunter, Jerry Garcia, great songs. You know, so you look at somebody, you look at hip hop, nobody was really bringing poetry directly from the streets, East Coast, West Coast, totally different. So if you can kind of put yourself in the artist's mind contextually, I think it might have more resonance for you. Do, do mm-hmm. you guys agree? I mean, I was already like enraptured by that whole thing. I'm like, where do you even pick up that knowledge? I literally listen to like now CDs and watch MTV and I don't <laughs> learn that shit. I need to, I need to. I feel like with that I'll background, t- it's a lot richer than just yeah. hearing like, well, it's like any, art, any art you have to think of the time like what were people doing i was we were looking at jackson pollock with my 13 year old and she was like that just looks like you know jackson pollock it's yeah. like yeah yeah abstract Flatter. right like i could do that i'm like yeah but you have to think like nobody was really doing that at the time right. prior to that everything was was you know edward hopper like we see what is in front of us we see the yeah. images that's what that is so. you're see, like yeah like what you don't understand is is they need fbi needed a, a an art psyop so that they can integrate <laughs> and that's like exactly. I think they, what, what you guys are saying like what, what you're talking about i think and, and this is like where i f- don't connect with music as much as other people i think i think i don't know the depth uh, or the story or the um, history behind the song or how it came to be. And when I hear those stories, like the documentary version of what a song is, I'm very intrigued. I, I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. Like what you were just explaining is essentially explaining how music, where it comes from contextually. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's interesting. But I don't know that on the surface level. And I think when you listen to music like me, who's just casual in and out of it, I don't get, 
any of that information. So you have well, to almost be does. like That's a like a student. deep dive. Yeah, it's a yeah, deep yeah. dive. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. like when I do catch a documentary about something about music or whatever, I'm like, oh, wow. Like that was also all going on. And I'm, I find myself more interested in, in the story maybe than like the history. Than the, yeah. You the look at like Carol King. I don't know why she popped into my mind, but she was just a, she was a songwriter you know, in the time of the Brill Building in New York, where they were writing all these songs for the Motown. And then somebody was like, Carol, you should sing your songs. Yeah. But she was a woman Carol. and nobody was a Carol and nobody was doing <laughs> that. Women weren't singer songwriters at the time, which is ridiculous now because there are so many great women singer songwriters. Uh, and she was like, what? Oh, really? No, I don't sing. And then once she started singing her songs, Earth Moves Under My Feet, you know, and she's she's like all of a sudden they they had more resonance because it seemed personal to her. Do you know what I mean? So like if you yeah. Yeah, listen to those songs, you have to think like she was breaking the wall, the, the, the ceiling, the glass yeah. ceiling was shattering because of this woman. But then a lot of times you just think about it like, oh, it's just playing in the elevator. I'm not really thinking about it. Right. And you're right. explaining it to your 13 year old in the car and she's like. I don't care, Dad. <laughs> no, my 13-year-old like, just wants to listen to Juice World, who is this hip-hop, hip-hop artist who passed away, but, who's actually awesome. But yeah, it's but again, I think Juice away. World, like you were saying, man. Juice World, yeah. Yeah, it's like somebody that that that. Uh, oh, we got a moment of, of Kevin. Yeah. We got a fl- we got a glitch. Oh no! Am I back? There you go. You're back. You're back. You're, You're back. back. Yeah, my Wi-Fi. Um, anyway, I was just saying, Juice World is is that youth rebellion you were talking about earlier, man? Because totally, he's a young guy when he passed away. I found like totally. for me, I, I've I work in comedy TV. Kevin, I know you're big in TV. We, I've watched a ton of your stuff, so huge fan, awesome, awesome all around. But I, so I come, I've I've worked in TV scripted comedies, and I've always been a huge fan of stand-up comedy. And so for me, like stand-up is maybe was sort of my version of music for some people's youth rebellion. I think I liked stand-ups that like talk shit to the system or the power structure, or whatever. Like I, I definitely related to that. Richard Pryor. Every, yeah. 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 Great. He's, he's the best, but I think like music has a similar, uh, you know, purpose in society that, maybe stand-ups do in a way that they're kind of like fuck off system. I'm going to do it like this. That's interesting too. Like if, you know, if I think about that through like the lens of like Mitch Hedberg, right? Like I think of Mitch Mm -hmm. Hedberg where if you show it to people now, I think that some people would be like, you know, like kids, if, if comedy has moved in a different direction, people that you show like Mitch Hedberg to, they might be like, Oh, I mean, I guess that's kind of funny. It just seems like, yeah. But then for people who are informed by the purpose of what he was and the legend that he left behind, you go, let me explain what, what Med- right. Hedberg is not just listening to the jokes. And I think that's like, you know, like Kevin, like I'm a big metal guy, right? Like a metal is kind of like one of my, my big like places. Yeah. And so metal, I, think I love the classics. A, yeah. Uh, of course. And, and like, I think it's such a, um, it's a genre built on like the, it, it's such a storied subcultural genre that like you know when you talk about thrash metal and san fran and kind of that movement and then you talk about you know like ozzy of course and then even down to like all the modern stuff or even even getting into like black metal in, in scandinavia where it's it's like the the narrativizing of of all of it is so interesting and all of a sudden you're listening to it because like there's an element of it where you're listening to it because you enjoy it but i think there's also an element of it where like you know if you're listening to you know if you're listening to fucking slayer or something 
and then you're going like oh wow so this is actually produced by the same guy who produced um what else did uh, like beastie boys you're like wow that's that's crazy like i didn't even think about that you know and then like and then you're starting to think about the music more than just listening to it for for sonic beauty or what have you or whatever it might be so um and and while we're kind of on this topic since we've talked about that genre one i'm just going to go straight to the sub now because you know so what we like to do kevin of course is like you know for for anybody who's i think we have a couple people that are that are uh streaming with us right now um we pull things on screen we kind of react to them yada yada you know that yeah so might be worth uh yeah, it might be worth talking to Kevin just briefly about his Reddit history. I'm always curious. I think a lot of people like this. Are you new to Reddit? Do you use Reddit? Is it sort of like a strange world to you? It's not strange. I definitely use it, but I wouldn't okay. say that I post a bunch, but I'll read about like, nice. you know, hey, should I take this medicine with this medicine? Yeah. <laughs> and then I'll go the deep dive like, oh, God, those don't mix. You know, that sort of I found some oh, picture. Then Cora. And yeah. like that's what I always do. Yeah, yeah. Or WebMD. I go yeah. to Reddit instead of WebMD. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. yeah, no, I'll go deep dives. I'll go deep dives. But oh, I wouldn't cool. say that nice. I'm I'm somebody who uh will create um a conversation. Yeah, but you it sounds I don't like I have you, time for that. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. And, and I think, I mean, it's also okay to be unfamiliar. I mean, I think that that's like, we, you know, we, when we started this podcast, it was ultimately about like, we were at different phases in our Reddit careers. Like dog boobs right. is like a fucking Reddit legend. Who's like oh my the God. foundation of Reddit. Am I, am I, I with the Reddit legend right now? I apologize. I oh, didn't give you the proper. Yeah. <laughs> I got the most karma points. I've been trolling the longest, you guys. Wow. Yeah. So I would no, then I'm going to rephrase and say, I'm very much a novice. I only like read what other people I'm not. But that's in. okay. That's yeah. okay. We, we wouldn't. Dog boobs like picks fights. Star. Yeah. I pick fights. I like, yeah. I do play She's... devil's advocate. I love that. She didn't shit. believe the you're like, you're like when down, Sarah yeah. Silverman is on Twitter. You are on Reddit. Anonymously on Reddit. Yeah. yeah that's right. <laughs> oh, it's not your, your, it's, they don't know it. Well, you don't put your name. Before, up until this podcast, I didn't have my face attached to dog boobs. Yeah, so, so now it's, it's out there. It's out there for anyone who cares, which isn't a whole lot of people, but. I did, however, um, by the way, this is unrelated to that. Well, kind of related to that, I guess, but I found, I was on Reddit last night kind of just just casually scrolling and i saw a blue check mark beside someone's name and i was just like yo is reddit is reddit like got the blue check mark are we doing verifications now I, oh i didn't know, I didn't, I know. oh my god so so you might All right, well then i guess i gotta get on because i yeah. love a blue che- i love a good check mark you need to get that so good about myself so so getting to the the subreddit itself all right so this is cool let's talk music dog do you want to just quickly do a little bit like what this sub is all about before we let's talk let's talk music it's a community for people who are passionate about music Mm. stimulating (laughs) in-depth music discussions are not rare here okay so there's like a quarter of a million listeners a thousand people are like actively tuned in right now an idea of how many people are like always on there commenting and shit and it was created 10 years ago Hmm. 10 years 10 year old it's a when music started when music first began right at the dawn of music that's amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. Ten years. Ten years now. And then and so so this one, I think in the continuum of music subreddits, 
this is actually pretty interesting because there's a bunch of music subreddits, but most of them are like they are a little bit more of the like you post a song, people go, oh yeah, I can't wait for the new record, yada yada. This one I think is very much around the 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 conversations within music that are not really about songs not really about bands as much they do still have that but it really is a lot of stuff like this right are new genres of music always based on youthful rebellion against the status quo so reading this one verbatim so from the 20th century onward i've definitely noticed a pattern every jazz or early jazz was derided as not music by the previous generation but was loved by the youth which turned it into a huge generation gap in the 20s come to be known as the jazz age in the 50s once jazz uh had become a respectable form of music for the older generations a new youth uh, rebellion burst onto the scene, rock and roll. Another massive generation gap, so significant that it gave yada, yada, yada. Um, so down to my question is this. Do new genres of music always start with young people reacting against the status quo, so to speak? Is youth and rebellion a vital part of the creation of new genres? And does becoming respectable, accepted by older generations, make said genre lose a bit of its age or a bit of its edge and appeal to younger generations? Um, so that's basically what you were saying at the start of this conversation, really. Right. Uh, but maybe that's because you had read this. Yeah. Well, I mean, because you were plagiarizing the Dark Lords one seven six. No, I think it's. Um, I mean, I, I I saw this post and I didn't read the the context to it, but you know, I was. I think what's nice about this subreddit is like every single all these posts kind of have a moment where you're kind of like, you're kind of like trying to break it in your head a little bit where I'm kind of like, I get that that happened with, with rap. It happened with, you know, rock and roll, whatever. But like, what about Detroit techno? Or like, what about trance music and Amsterdam? Right. I'm like, what are, what are all the other ones? You know? So, so now I'm like kind of trying to break it in my head. I, I can I offer if as someone who knows nothing about anything about music, yeah, of course. Like, do you, I mean, do you think, um, I mean, much like Reddit, you know, like music creates subcultures in in, in smaller groups, right? And uh, of where people can like hang out and and I don't know, like CII. So what you were just what was it like techno Detroit techno? Yeah, techno in Detroit. Yeah, factory line techno or something. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I hypothetically they didn't fit into some other popular scene, and they like sort of started their own. And right. then they had their own thing going on. And you're like, this is cool. We got our thing. Right. So right. like, I wonder if there's part of it where it's just people trying to f- find, find their, well, I mean, their people and they kind of are creating a different thing on purpose. So it's, it's, it's this perpetual cycle of like new art in a, in a cool way. I mean, I mean, what about the know. proxy of comedy? Um, actually? Cause I think if, if you're talking about it, I, I, I think there are a lot of, interesting parallels between any any form of art right like if even, even if you're talking yes. about jackson pollock versus edward hopper or whatever it's like you kind of do have a little bit of the like uh you know after pollock you do start getting into like you know um like jeff coons and shit you know what i mean where it's just like i'm not doing paintings at all i'm doing this other thing and i'm just taking something stupid like a balloon and making it art and so and then people go, that's not fucking art. What are you fucking talking about? Right. So, well, it's definitely, yeah, comedy for what, sure. Yeah. Comedy version. You know? Because, it, you know, if you're a young comic and you're, you're, it's impossible to get stage time at, at whatever mic you're trying to get up on, the comedy store, or whatever, like you're going to end up at some alt room at like a laundromat downtown with other people your age, like your contemporaries. And, and you're going to kind of like naturally say, like, ah, oh, fuck those guys. Like they're, they're, they're doing well. Like we got to do our own thing over here. And, and I think you're going to get, because nobody wants to 
be the thing that's doing well exactly. They're going to sort of evolve into something different. And so it feels like you have these like cyclical evolutions that yeah. happen because they're trying to be different on purpose to get noticed, you know. And Everyone has their own day of reckoning too. You look at a band like Coldplay or something, one of you know, the biggest bands in the world. When they burst on the scene in the mid-90s with that first album, what was it, Parachutes? You're just like, yeah. this band is great. You know, they're they're the, the guitar player is fantastic and you know, but then I think people people need it's weird kind of a cultural thing. I wouldn't just say in America, like it's, it's like a human thing. Like we must topple our giants. Do you know what I mean? So I think a lot of musicians yeah. will say like, Oh no, go play sex. And, right. sex. <laughs> and uh, you're like, well, I actually think they're still writing pretty good songs. Okay. Let's see what you can do. And then I think it's a lot of people that are, you know, you take a structure of a song that like Chris Martin will write and they're like, okay, well let's deconstruct that. Let's do something else. And you'll get a band like Radiohead. That's like, okay, well these are melodic songs, but Tom York is insane in a good way. And he's going to, he's going to contextualize it in, well, the world is ending as opposed to, you know, uh, I love you and I miss I, you. I you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Totally. Yeah. So it's like, they're kind of the same band, but they're totally different. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. The, at the end of the day, like there's only so many chords and there's only so many stories and um, it's really just how you approach it, I guess. I don't know what like, I'm saying. Yeah, what kind of leather jacket you're sporting. I feel like the jacket's yeah. very important. And, 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 <laughs> and, well, like, I mean, in comedy, look at like, like comedy. Andrew Dice yeah. Clay. And, you oh, know, yeah. Like, people thought like, oh, that's really him. He's like, no, he was just doing a character yeah. and it was working. And then everyone was like, that guy's so misogynist, such a misogynist, or he's this, he's that. He's like, no, is he? Or is he just kind of shining away? But his reputation is, his reputation is he's like the sweetest guy. And and, he's gotten stuck with that. And that was his moneymaker. So now he's like, fuck, I got to be this guy. But he's like, actually just like (laughs) a really friendly guy and very nice to people. And I think about like uh, Bobcat. I think Jesselneck is another one where he's like, he's such a fucking dickhead with his comedy. And that's his shtick. And for me, I think growing, you know, I I, I didn't grow up on Jesselneck because he's, you know, he's a little bit older than us, but he's basically our age. But he, I think that he did that whole like mean cutting thing when like the world was collapsing where he just, just openly said it that felt to me like a novel form of comedy. Like mm-hmm. there's, only, there's been mean comedy for a while, of course, but having somebody who was like so cutting, so brutal, so shredding, I was just like, oh, this is an interesting take on comedy that I haven't really experienced before. I had that with like Dimitri Martin too, where I love loved Dimitri Martin because he was just so clever. He was so smart and was like- Smart guy, yeah. Just weird, just a weird yeah. attitude towards how, how comedy should work. And so I think with, with music, I think it's a little bit of, I guess going kind of going back to this post, it feels- I don't know if it's youth rebellion that I would agree with in this post as much as like an attempt at recalibrating what can be possible in the expression of the art form. Right. And I think young people tend to be the most open to it because, you know, we get older and we go, I don't know, man, I like could go fucking try to start in like an experimental like metal band or I could go fishing. I'm kind of fucking tired right now. You know what I mean? (laughs) Young people have the energy to do that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. Well, that, it is interesting in music too. Like people will always reference earlier, usually earlier albums by bands, mm-hmm. you know, or early Dylan, even though the guy's had an incredible career and he had, he's had some great 
this last album was fantastic, but everyone, you know, you want to reference the, you want to reference the youth. And I think also in terms of like what age as well with comedy or with music is authenticity, really. If it yeah. seems like it's coming from an honest place, I think people, you know, can relate to that. Like I was, I threw on a, who did I throw on the other day? I think it was like the band, the band, the band. Mm -hmm. And, uh, for my kids and one of them, not a fan. She likes anything that's contemporary. The younger one though, was kind of really into it. And as I just think those guys were, they were coming from a pretty genuine place. I sound so old, every mm -hmm. band I'm referencing. I apologize. No, no. no <laughs> I mean, you, you brought up Juice World, Juice World earlier, which I think is kind of interesting. Because there you go. I was trying World. to connect with the kids listening to the podcast. Our key demo on this podcast is somewhere hovering between 10 and 12 years old. So I think you <laughs> mentioned that. Um, no, I, I think um, we, with, with Juice World, I think is interesting because in the continuum of rap right and i think that rap in in, in hip-hop as a as a genre i always found juice world really compelling because he was just writing sad he was like a sad die he was just like a diary of a sad guy right and and it was like you know and he's was, he was, he's passed away he, he passed away yeah he, he over well i don't i don't mean to interrupt you but i just want to say it's crazy because if you listen to his stuff now he talks about taking too many pills and it's going to kill him and he's yeah. going to oh, overdose. Wow. He's so depressed. And that's how he died. He took too many pills. And that I'm was, like, this is some heavy shit. That was the clearest cry for help we've ever heard. Right. Like he was, he was, yeah. man, six ad. It's fucked up. That's why like you can go online. The guy has millions of hits on YouTube. There's a 24 yeah. hour juice world channel that my kid Whoa. falls to sleep to. And it's like, it's always streaming, always, you know, uh, many, 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 many people streaming it because it's authentic, you know, it's authentic. Yeah. But you go back to the 90s yeah. and like Tribe Called Quest, De La Soul, the, the bands that I yeah, even listen like to. Even like Tupac, man. Like you listen to Tupac, Tupac and you're yeah. just like talking about the, the strife of the black community and like kind of Dr. the Dre. that you're yeah. dealing with. Dr. Dre. And like, you know, and, and, and when you talk about like rock music, I mean, I think that there's like, I always gravitate much more to things. I don't, I don't like songs about love. Typically. I just don't, I don't find them as sincere because it's a bit of a trope. So when I, when I listen to music that I find really interesting, I'll, I'll hear like, like one of my favorite artists now that I think is really good at this is, is um, Mark Kozilek. Um, yeah. Dog, okay. dog boobs. You ringing a bell? Big, big fan. Yeah. Big fan I know this guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> I googled but, you know, him, like, just not talking about. It. I mean, another example is I think Johnny yeah. Johnny Cash's last record. I thought was really wild for that because Johnny Cash Johnny Cash, yeah, 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 yeah. Was the Rick Rubin one? The Rick Rubin produced the record. Rick Rubin one, yeah, yeah. Where he was just like talking about the act of aging into his own mortality, and you yeah. listen to it and you just go, "Man, this feels like such a genuine expression of uh, someone in their in this point in their life that feels like an a." A, it just feels like an expression of reality, which I think is is what's most compelling about music. Well, and also the thing about Johnny Cash is that he was hugely successful, ad then addicted to drugs, came back, then couldn't sell a record. Couldn't even he was doing like twelve hundred seat venues and not even filling them. What he years to, was that? Like did, that was like in the eighties. He did quite yeah. yeah when he was. I mean, he was huge. Like yeah. during the time they did the movie like 60s, 70s, we met June Carter. But then like Rick Rubin in the 90s was like, come on, dude, let's do some records. Cool. And that thrust him back in, you know, he did the cover of Hurt and he, uh, the Nine Inch Nail. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's an awesome song. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you know, he, he was so authentic because he had lived 
this totally. incredible life of addiction, you know, success, reckoning. Earlier, yeah. Totally. Yeah. Now here we are. Again. All of it. So, so yeah. Freed, you just said that's an awesome song. Which I think is really interesting, given the context. Of there this you go, dude. You love music. We did it. <laughs> we did it. Did we do it. Yes, I do. I do like. I do like music. I. I don't pay attention to it and follow it, and so I think it seems like this humongous thing. It would be like asking somebody like, like who's like really into European soccer or something. Like what? Like right. how does it work? Right. Like how does? And you'd be like, oh, geez, like where do I start? You know, there's a there's yeah. a ball. Yeah. And these guys have cool haircuts. They kick it, you know. It's like it's so. I, I do cool feel like a little haircuts. outmatched with music, and but the classic stuff I I've sort of grew up around. I sort of relate to more. It's easier for me to wrap my head around. But like, I've never heard of Juice World. I'm like, this is way so. So I, I kind of just I don't dive in. I don't know if it feels. I almost need like a coach or like somebody who's like, hey, you here's get, three songs kids. this week. Have kids, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's how I learn about what's going on. You know, yeah. They're like, dad, like. This is what's cool. Yeah, no, this is a good way. Yeah. And I'm like, good. Let me hear what you're listening to. That's shit. And that's great. You know, I have a four year old. Some of us. Well, you're listening to the Wiggles. He's obsessed right now. I I put on uh, Appetite for Destruction. And and he, and it like clicked for him. He's four. (laughs) And he's like, what? What is this? Uh, Welcome to the Jungle is his favorite song. Yeah. So we listen on the way to preschool. Oh. And, to, and he gets like pumped up. I can see he's like getting emotional. And I'm like, oh, this is really fun. And he, he can, and then he likes really into Led Zeppelin too. And he thinks they're cool because they have long hair and they don't wear shirts. And I'm like, Freed, you're, you're raising a cop, man. He's going to turn into a cop. <laughs> you're getting him nursed on. on. Welcome to the. No, show. what he says is uh, he says, if you're rocking super hard like Led Zeppelin rocks, the cops cannot get you. That's his law. Lo- oh, he's figured out this logic. True. Wow. That there's a level of rocking that supersedes uh, law enforcement. I got to hang which, out with this kid. He's, pretty, <laughs> he's getting me back into it, you know? So, well, also, like those bands, Soundgarden, you know, yeah. the pacing. These, well, they're just melodies. They're great melodies. Yeah. So I think those are really a great way in for kids to hear like rock songs that are accessible as opposed to like thrusting them into Black Sabbath or something. You know what yeah. I mean? Like stuff that you can kind of say like a oh, Pearl Jam or whatever. Like those are great songs. They're actually just like really good melodies. Oh, you like oh you like Guns N' Roses? Well, let me put on Emerson Lake and Palmer's brain salad surgery for you. That's cool. You can <laughs> Can handle, digest handle that four-year-old um I, so here's so we nice we inside joke you. between the two of you and me and dog are going <laughs> i don't we don't get I'll, what I'll, you're i'll play you some brain i like that kevin and Please. dad were like yeah mm-hmm, and we just missed it, <laughs> Nailed we missed it. <laughs> um so, so speaking of you know we were talking about rick rubin a little bit and rick rubin like you know as we mentioned did both he did beastie boys he did slayer he's kind of responsible for bringing slayer into into their their stardom now and then he also did the last johnny cash record he's a very important you know kind of infamous producer and so tom this petty, is actually an interesting post on petty i mean he's done he's done fucking every important thing pretty much with like class um but this yeah. is a really fascinating post in that topic and I actually think, I think, Kevin, this is a good um, oh, yeah. thing to talk to you about, both through the lens of Trainwreck, which for anybody who is, who's unfamiliar with Kevin Wiseman, he's from the band Trainwreck with Kevin Gass, or Kevin Gass, Kyle Gass, and then also uh, Alias, started Alias for what, five years? Was that what it was? Five we years. were on for five seasons, yeah. Ooh, among, many other things. So he's 
a veteran. The Runaways. Me and my, our, me and the four year old have just started the Runaways. So, oh, cool, man. Yeah, we're, Marvel's Runaways. That's, it's crazy yeah. that everything is so available. When I started, it was yeah, like, no. you gotta get, you gotta watch it live. Yeah. <laughs> uh, watch anything at any time. Uh, but yeah. so th- this is the <laughs> post on on Let's Talk Music. It says many bands don't appreciate how important a producer is. Here are two reasons why they should: Martin Hannett and Mike Chapman. Which I actually don't know anything about Mike Chapman. I know a little bit about Martin Hammett or Hannett, but that's about it. So uh, Blondie wrote, "Once I had a love, a good song. However, it was Mike Chapman, the producer, who turned it into Heart of Glass and made the song mm. a global smash hit." Joy Division's early work was run-of-the-mill indie. Martin Hannett, Factory's in-house producer, took the uh, original studio tapes and returned two days later with stripped-down raw tracks that became Transmission, turning the band into icons. Lots of bands could be writing great songs, but so often in musical history, uh, it's the producer who takes the artist's original vision and turns it up to 11. And no, I'm not a producer. Um, would you would you compare a, great a music producer to um, like a film director? Like, are they sort of comparable in in sort of like control and scope? I mean, yeah. I mean, listen. You know, people ask me all. The, I don't. Know yeah, sure. Yeah, but people ask me all the time. You know, hey, what do you? I started theater and worked on Broadway and for theater or film television. It's like, well. You know, uh, you're doing the same work as an actor either way right. you're, as you're breaking down a, a, a play or a script and, and, and figuring out where the character fits in this narrative. Your energy level may be a little bit different because the camera being right in front of you, that's your back wall. If you're in a large theater, your back wall is however many rows mm-hmm. to the back. You have to make sure those people are seeing what you're doing. So that's that. But in terms of your question... You know, you're not in control. Uh, an editor and or a director can shape your performance in post-production. Right, right. And I think that's what a music is. And not so much, I think, well, you want to look at the Beatles. Those guys were all sitting in the ro- in the same room for the most part, playing live, mm-hmm. right? We're gonna bring some, we're gonna bring some strings in here. We're gonna do that. But now with Pro Tools like John Spiker, he can make anything sound good. Mm-hmm. And he can totally. strip down or add on. So I think the producer very much now can make an artist break or not. And also, obviously, with an actor, a director and or editor can shape a performance to a certain degree, maybe not as much as a music producer. I don't know if you guys agree. Yeah, well, I've, I've always found that. In, I mean, that's so so I, I know we had a little bit of audio issues there. So I'm just going to reiterate some of what oh. was said by Kevin. So no, is we, that my we, Wi-Fi? Sorry, no, we, we do. I think it might be a Wi-Fi thing, but it's it's totally fine. So, you know, talking about the relationship between a director and a producer, you know, Kevin, obviously. So, again, another tidbit about Kevin. He is a very uh, seasoned and, you know, well-regarded stage actor in addition to being a filmic TV actor, actor, if you will. And so, um, so I think the relationship between a director thespian. and a thespian is, is, is a thespian. Um, but so I think yeah, that a there's, thespian, a, thespian. <laughs> there's an interesting relationship between what the producer can do where you kind of bring them something and they go, I see what you're going for, but you don't quite have it. Let me, let me change a couple things to make sure the soul of it is coming through. And then I think with it, with an actor, I actually find this very interesting through the lens of filmic acting, because I think you're, you are right on a stage. There's a, um, there's a, there's a transparency, that you know there's blocking the director's obviously blocking and whatnot but like 
there is a level of transparency yeah. that you just, you know, you see what you see. That's that. Right. But with, 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 well, acting, yeah, once the show curtain opens, yeah, anything yeah, goes it, like the director can't really intervene much. Right. But, but with it, no. I mean, in that capacity, it almost feels like the director is more like a coach, right. Where the coach during a game, you know, can, can do a couple strategic things, but it's a lot more about <laughs> like setting the game plan to make well, it make sense in the, in the, field. no, the theater director is very important, but the, yeah. right. It's just done in rehearsal. There's a lot exactly, more rehearsal exactly. for the stage to get it to the point. A hundred percent. Where, okay, 100%. you know, please try to set the, set the, the, the template. Now, you know, within these parameters, do what you have to right. do to tell this story. And, and I think, you know, I, what I think about, um, you know, the classic important actors of our time in, um, in kind of modern film, where you think about like Leonardo DiCaprio or like, you know, now, now like Robert Pattinson or whoever it might be. I always wonder this, right? Because even like in, in in like you know, um, what what was the the Hollywood the the Quentin Tarantino Hollywood film? What the fuck was it called? Once upon a time in Hollywood. So once you know, upon I a time love, in Hollywood. I love Great that. Movie. I love that movie, and I love. I think Leo is amazing in that movie, particularly in those kind of moments where he's like crying and fucking looks pathetic, but it's also like is very emotional and kind of looks tough, you know. And but I always watch that kind of stuff, and I go like, is is this really? tarantino's doing or is it is what is the relationship between how good leonardo dicaprio actually is and how how good quentin tarantino is at extracting that information you know and i think it's similar to a producer in that regard it's my my wi-fi i'm gonna try to go on my 5g Uh, hold on Ooh, watch out for that covid bill Bill gates is 5g sponsored by bill gates five (laughs) 5G uh, causes COVID. I'm on 5G. Doesn't? Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> am I going to get COVID? That's a Reddit conspiracy. It's, it's, it's pretty... Q and on thing. <laughs> oh, then, then we're fine. But, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I think it's a combination of both. I mean, Quentin Tarantino, he wants you, of what I understand, to do it word perfect. He's very specific about the writing, but he also lets you, he also will do takes where he kind of lets you do your thing and in those particular moments that you were referencing leo in the trailer reacting to him not right. being able to remember the lines being hung over yep. brilliant um yeah you can tell that was just hey let's quiet let's go let me set the stage no cell phones are allowed on set on yep. quentin set if you have a cell phone you're like kicked off the job so it's like we're gonna honor this moment and i think probably someone like leonardo dicaprio he only works with really good people that really care about what they're doing. And, but at the end of the day, it's really up to the actor. It's like the director can set the, set the stage, set the template. And then it's, you gotta just kind of be in the moment and, and be honest. What about this classic, uh, this classic stories though? I don't remember who the director was, but there was somebody, I heard an amazing story once about somebody who like, they, they like, Put, they would put their actors in horrifying situations, like genuine Hitchcock, horrifying. Alfred Hitchcock, Hitchcock, Hitchcock. yeah, 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 and, and like so, Oliver so Stone too, the, yeah, Oliver Stone, I think probably, but like yeah. you know, Hitchcock, I think is an example of kind of a little bit of that Rick Rubin or like you know what we're what we're reading here in this piece where it, where the Martin Hanning thing where you go like just sing, don't even fucking think about it, sing, and then I'm going to take that shit and I'm going to ruin it. And then that's what we're going to put out. Right. And they're going to be like, what do you what? And they're going to be like, trust me. Right. So like with Hitchcock, it's like, uh, like I'm going to f- like go in there. Everybody's going to leave. I'm turning the lights out and we're rolling. Right. And you're just like, what? Uh, uh, 
what? And then, yeah. and then like you get these amazing performances that are just raw. Well, Stanley here, Kubrick right? too. Yeah. With like, totally. you know, 40 takes to, to his idea was to break down the actor where they're not thinking at all. You know, the idea is you don't want to be micromanaging your own performance. I don't necessarily think that's the way to do it. Hitchcock had this weird thing for icy blondes. So he would yeah. torture these women in his <laughs> movies like literally emotionally not physically because they wouldn't sleep with them you know what i mean i hate to call out hitch like that but it's like dude what i mean it's everybody knows so so yeah well i mean i love his movies but like turns out he was not the greatest guy you know and uh hollywood hollywood baby that's that's not everybody everybody. that's probably a popular story with like very not not all like um, successful artist but i i think a, in general there's like a lot of pains in the ass uh, yeah but i mean the best uh, but we'll defend uh actors as well some of the great great actors that are hugely successful the nicest people you know that yeah. i've worked with yeah. the nicest people you know emma thompson tom hanks like these they go out of their way to make sure you're comfortable even if you have a Kevin small Wiseman, part or whatever it is doing doing, yeah. doing our fucking ramshackle reddit i'm podcast. a good i'm a solid b minus i'm talking about the a's <laughs> the A's listers. it's gonna put uh, you in a solid b category this oh one. dude what oh, i knew i was <laughs> i knew i had to come on here Woo. after immediately after this you get cast in like three straight tarantino films Damn. <laughs> he worked on alias actually he yeah. came and worked on oh, alias amazing. he was a fan oh, wow. of the show and we hung out oh, and then I, he was like, I, we, I got to use you in one of my films. And then I, I never heard again. So he's, he's one of those guys. And I think there's a lot of people like this in Hollywood where I'm kind of like, I, I you know, I think part of it's living in LA and in freed. I know you're probably like this too, where I don't know if I have a, an admiration for these people anymore. Instead, I have a, like, I just want to fucking have a beer with you and talk about some bullshit. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like a little bit of like, I got like Brad Pitt. I feel like that. I'm like, Brad Pitt seems like a cool guy. Like we should go golfing sometime. You know what I mean? Like it's kind of like that vibe instead of like a, what's your craft? I would love to hear about your process. Tell me your history. I'm just like, I just kind of want to like go have a fucking sandwich with Brad Pitt. We did. uh, We did. um, I don't want to brag you guys, but. (laughs) Lay it out there. All right. I'm going to tell you this quick story. The, uh, we were alias was nominated for a golden globe our, our first year for best drama and Jennifer was nominated. She actually won. We didn't win, but we were sitting kind of down below and I went to use the bathroom and Brad Pitt, he was, we were peeing next to each other. And you know, the rule when you're peeing, you don't talk. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You always right. look at the other guy's dick, right? And then you look forward. I don't know that rule. I'm talking about the oh, rule right. of looking forward. Those are European <laughs> rules. Yeah, there's a different. <laughs> right, right, Venice right. rules. Yeah. <laughs> no, we were looking forward, but then he kind of leaned over. I mean, I leaned over. Wow. He kind of looked over right during the end, the, the shaking, <laughs> and uh, we were kind of insane. <laughs> One of our sounds just like exploded right at the primo part of the story. <laughs> hold, hold on, Kevin. We're going to fix this. We're going to fix this, audience. Thank you.
Amazing. Timing. Amazing. That was Illuminati style shit right there. Yeah. That that's Brad Pitt's responsible for that. They jacked the stream to save Brad. <laughs> so true. Um, so true. This is how the cover ups work. Lest, lest we forget, we did have a lengthy chat about Brad, Smith's, Brad Pitt's smell once. And, yeah, that's uh, so true. They could be on to us at this point. Oh, shit. I really need wow. to know. I think the last time my wife Jill came on and and uh, told some story, like it, the file got deleted or something. Got corrupted. Yeah. Something got oh corrupted. My- was, so for yeah. people who listen to this now, <laughs> it's only uh, happened like twice. This, but when we when we did a right when the Epstein thing was happening, we had a like uh, inside story of Epstein, and we recorded it, and then the fucking <laughs> file got corrupted. How? How did that? Yeah, you, you I mean, son of a bitch, Epstein, you did it again, fake. and it's you never happened. It's never happened oh. again, or or since until right now. Until right now, it's oh. related. Jeez. Amazing. Well, I bet he was going to be like, "I killed Jeff Epstein." As, as, as we wait for, uh, as we wait for Kevin to uh, to hopefully jump back in. Uh, wow. Really quickly, what a fucking what a guy, you know? What a guy, love, love, fantastic love guy. He's the greatest. Um, and quite frankly, you know, this actually is probably a good opportunity while we're waiting for Kevin to talk about eBay. If I'm, if oh, I'm my honest. God. Let's be real. You're <laughs> probably, so right. Hey, hey, probably should let's, talk pay, about eBay. let's pay some bills, huh? Let's pay a few mortgages. Off the Brad Pitt PR team, honestly, quite frankly, at this point. <laughs> no kidding. Um, so, so um, dog, do you want to do you want to read the, the ad? This yeah. You know what, you guys? Now? I would love to. So we are proudly sponsored today by the company eBay. Okay. eBay sells amazing dead stock, rare sneakers or latest release sneakers, pretty much any shoe you're looking for. Um, and on top of that, you get the authenticity guarantee. So you get to know that your sneakers have been inspected by an independent professional authenticator. They've looked at the box, the logo, the stitching, the tag. So you're not getting any fake Michael Jordan sneakers or anything like that. And, um, that's pretty much eliminated the selling fees that you get on going like straight to these factories and like, other crazy retailers. So eBay's got an amazing deal on these badass sneakers. So go there, ebay.com slash sneakers today. eBay world's best destination for discovering great value and a unique selection. selection. (laughs) So speaking of, so while we're, I mean, while we are waiting for Kevin to join us, I I think I may have uncovered some fucking facts here. So I, I searched Brad Pitt shoes on eBay just you know (laughs) and inexplicably i don't know why and i don't know what this has to do with brad pitt uh from what i can tell most of the listings so it looks like one two three fifths of the listings are for like miniaturized figurines figurines. brad pitt action figurines that's awesome we have a a brad pitt head uh carved soldier head I don't know why. And then uh, one six scale Brad Pitt shoes in two of them. So I have absolutely no idea how and or why. Um, But that evidently is a thing. Yo, check out Uh, what I shared. It's a realistic Brad. It's like someone painted one of those carved soldier heads. (laughs) 
Wow. This is really impressive. That is impressive. only $28.99. That's a weird thing to pull out of your pocket at a dinner party, right? Like... With yeah. The keys, <laughs> yeah like a book of matches, a tiny bread pit head that's like big enough, but still small. <laughs> it's so big enough for detail, but still so small. That looks that's that looks I, like computer generated. That can't be real. That's even down to the stubble. That doesn't make a ton of sense. So Ooh. we have we have minimal friction now. Sounds We're good. Coming. We're back. You can hear us. We can hear you. You can hear me. Yes. Oh, okay, cool. Now, I don't know what's going on with my mic. Maybe the USB. I don't know where I cut out, but we were peeing. Well, looking yeah. forward. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then he was looked over at me, clocked me. I clocked him. We kind of nodded. You right. You don't speak. A gentleman's and then he, Yeah. As he was kind of shaking and zipping, he was like, hey, I'll, I'll dig your show. You know, I was like, oh. oh. That's so nice. I was like, I'll see you out there. You know, I didn't want to make it. Later. Yeah, I won't make a big deal. No, I didn't even, I didn't compliment him. He doesn't need my compliment. He knows he's Brad Pitt. Hey, Brad, love your work. Yeah, at that point, it's. If everybody simultaneously is going, it's Brad Pitt, he doesn't need my compliment, then poor Brad Pitt. No one gives him a compliment. Well, no, here's the thing. I do, I do reach out to people all the time that I know for instance, um, I feel like oh, I've been doing this name dropping this entire episode. But no, Kyle, Kyle, Kyle Mooney and I are friends because we were on Stephen Merchant's Hello Ladies together, right. which was a very short-lived. Uh, Kyle, we think he's he's a, an absolute mastermind. Ah, uh, gem. He's so funny and he's such a sweet guy. And uh, he, my daughter and I were watching SNL from last night, and there's this really funny short film about uh having a bachelor party yes. so you can, did you saw that you saw that yeah just so you can like become get become get hard me. sorry amongst your friends one last time amongst your male friends <laughs> it like says what we were we've all been wondering about bachelor parties it's like right you're all getting boners next to your friends yeah it's a group <laughs> one more group boner fest before you're not allowed to do them anymore it articulates your experience with brad pitt in the bathroom perfectly yep. <laughs> and everything that was happening there yeah so exactly all my stories seem to have to do with the same thing all right but uh he i just reached out to him this morning i was like hey we i don't talk to him that much but i, I mean we've worked together we're friends friendly and i just told i just was like you know what man you were so funny in this thing and he was like that's so sweet thank you so much for that people love to hear it if yeah. it's a specific thing i'm not good at just like big fan of everything you know like yeah, i, I yeah, just yeah. want to I, I prefer to like talk about a specific thing like hey I, I how did you you know what was that experience like when you worked on that one thing yeah it's like not yeah. genuine if it's like a urinal passing compliment you know unless it's from brad yeah yeah, Brad, you know what I mean. Compliments from everybody because everybody's afraid. Yep. I should have been like, I should have been you like, know. I'm Kevin. What's your who? What's your name? <laughs> yeah. Like take him down a few pegs. You new here? Did you are say you new around here? You, are you uh, new? I should have given him a tip. Like, yeah. where are the mints? Are the mints over? Fresh off the bus, huh, kid? Yeah. I love yeah. it. I love it. Amazing. Well, okay. Don't so check we'll, into we'll, the Cecil Hotel. Yeah. We'll do it. We'll do a couple more little little uh, uh, discussions about the um, Let's Talk Music uh, subreddit just to kind of wrap it up there. And I know, Kevin, I don't want to take your whole day. You, you're a man with family, and you yeah. know, obviously, we had a little bit of like 
you know, technical. No, let's let's go. Let's last questions. Let's do it. Um, so, so let's see. So we have, um, dog, do you have any other posts that you think are compelling on let's talk music that you would want to, that we want to wrap on? Well, let's see here. You know, when I saw everything, um, on the top of all time, it all looked like it was written in, in comics or it looked like it was written in like web dings. Cause I can't really relate. Oh, you can't figure it out. Oh, of course. Well, I actually have a, I have a good one that actually I think may, may be informing to be honest. So, Ooh, okay. Um, so telling people to, I actually, I have a, I have a, I, I'm not sure how I feel about this question. I'm actually very interested in what you, you think, Kevin, because I think you yeah. and I might, might feel similarly. So telling people to just listen to what they enjoy is anti-intellectual and ant and unproductive. Is the I, I agree. I agree. Oh, let me, let me pull this up. So I guess this is also similar to a lot of things, right? Where, um, yeah. Pulls up. Clarinet man. Um, so occasionally yeah. we see posts here where people say they want to try to listen to music and they don't particularly enjoy or get in their own words. They might uh, ask for tips on how to approach certain music or even how to force themselves through an album or something. A lot of time, rather than encouraging the person or giving them advice, the majority of comments see this as a negative and are some, ver- uh, some variation of just telling them to stop. Don't force yourself to like certain music. Just listen to what you like or why put yourself through that. Putting in work to explore different kinds of music is a beautiful and rare thing. It should be encouraged. I'm eternally grateful for the time I spent listening to music I didn't get. Without the effort, I would never be as open-minded and as affected by music as I am today. Yes, you can tell this person that it is perfectly okay to not like certain kinds of music, um, that they should never feel ashamed for their tastes, but don't make them feel silly for trying new things. So... I love that. And I think that's so so true because if you just listen to what you like, you never, you know, you never explore new things. Your brain gets smoother and smoother. (laughs) So it's like, you kind of have to spread your wings a little bit, you know? Uh, Well, honestly, that's why I like, I I do like to explore playlists that people create on the Spotify or, um, you know, even Sirius XM, I'll pop on a channel that I don't normally listen to. Um, you know, there's Tom Morello, you know, Tom Morello, obviously oh, yeah. well, rage against the machine and yeah, incredible guitars. And, uh, he's got this great show on lithium and he'll play stuff. I I'm like, I don't know that band. And then he'll tell a story about that band, which I love. Cause he, again, contextualizes it for me totally. and he'll talk about, you know, he tells this story about playing with Bruce Springsteen and playing the ghost of Tom Joad and how a lot of like Springsteen fans didn't like that song. Uh, oh no, that was the 45 shots they didn't like because he was basically saying that policemen sh- uh, fired a gun on, um, you know, an unarmed kid 45 times and killed him. And, you know, a lot of the policemen who were fans of Springsteen were like, why are you writing a song, uh, anti-police? I digress. But Tom was playing with uh, Ghost Tom Jordan. He, he tells how he talks about how nervous he was playing with Springsteen. This is a guy who's had an incredible career. And then he plays the guitar solo. And I'm like, wow, that you, like knowing how nervous you were and you're playing in Sydney in front of 15,000 people and then hearing the emotion in this guitar solo is blowing my mind. And I went on YouTube and watched Tom Morello's guitar solo in 2011 or something or around that time. And I'm like, I'm almost crying. You know what I mean? Cause it's like an incredible song. And then Tom is not just playing it. Beep, beep, bop, boop, boop. He's like feeling so much in that moment. It's a culmination of his life and career. So it's like stuff like that. When I, I think I like it when I hear 
when I hear stuff and then I get it, I get, I get a little backstory. But I have a, qu- a, lot of work. a lot of work. A question kind of based on, on, on that. I mean, you know, you guys, Ben and, and um, Kevin, you guys both play instruments and are, are right. musicians. And so I think you have a specific relationship to hearing other people's stories about playing an instrument and you can right. see how good they are because you play an instrument versus somebody like me who does not play anything. I play the um, steering wheel drums pretty, pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's but, but you know what I mean? Like it, I think you guys, you, you know, you might have an added, um, you're able to see insights yeah. that, that maybe an average person like me or dog boobs just doesn't quite get. And, and it, maybe it adds complexity to the story of the music that, that I think I'm missing 99% of what you're getting. <laughs> maybe, maybe, but like, are there not. any, are there, and I'm not doing the thing of like, just listen to what you like. I'm just curious. Are there any lyrics that are that you, in a song that are really, um, you know, uh, prescient, like emotional for you or well, I was, that you relate to? Not, not off the top of my head, but in general, most I, I don't. Because really you're a writer, to, you're a writer, right? Yes, and I, I so. don't end up listening to lyrics as much, to be honest. I, and I don't know if, I guess I've been missing out, or are the lyrics just top line. I, some of them feel like poppy or something. I don't know. I yeah. just really you know which ones I've always liked is uh, "Hallelujah" by Leonard Cohen, and that's because I. It was like an English. I, we talked about that in English classes and stuff because it's such a confusing, like strange song. Leonard Cohen was, he's a true poet. He's like in the category of Dylan, you know what I mean? Like just these guys who, the more you go down that slope, you know, of kind of figuring out what he's writing about, like the, the it's endless. You know yeah. what I mean? He's, it, no, it, he's no beaver. What do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? I think there's an element of like when you if you are a virtuosic musician or if you you know you understand virtuosity and I think this kind of goes with you know the acting thing too I'm actually really glad that we've talked about the parallels with acting I mean obviously you are a professional actor and you're a very seasoned actor as well Kevin but also I think it is very similar where like if you you know if you are um you know if we're talking about Leo again where you know as an actor somebody who's like very seasoned in the craft you watch um the one he did where he was like in the in the arctic and uh, the revenant revenant and you and you, it changes the way you think about the performance and the craft that goes into it and so i think that if you're a guitarist and you can like listen to you know, you listen on Morello for somebody who's not a guitarist, they go, yeah, it sounds cool. But if you're a guitarist, you're like, you don't understand how wild that he is, that he got to that tone or you got to yeah. whatever. Right. And so right. I think that there is, you know, I think circling back to the original question a little bit on my end, cause I'm kind of, you know, circling the drain, I guess, but I, I do think that there's, there's such thing as like segue music or like, you know, gateway music, I guess, where, um, you know, if like, I'm not going to be like, all right, like you don't like music let's start with you know mashuga or fucking whatever like lil zan or something where you just kind of like this doesn't feel like music you kind of have to go like oh all right i'm gonna i'm gonna talk to you about tupac and then we're gonna start moving down the lineage of rap or i'm gonna talk to you about the stones like rolling stones we're gonna go like now let's start moving into rock music or whatever and so and it's okay to at a certain point be like i know what i don't like so I'm not going to listen to jazz, right? But 
it, for somebody who is really into music to go to like, for me to tell dog boobs and free day to be like, don't listen to jazz. You won't even like it. I think that's like completely discrediting of like the mu- the music experience, right? Where there might be something where you go like, I love Miles Davis. It really connects with me in a way that I I've never been connected to with music before. Right. And yeah, there was a, there was a Herb Albert. Uh, I didn't think I liked jazz growing up, but then I remember hearing that Herb out Al- that famous Herb Albert song. Yeah, the Tijuana, Tijuana one. Yeah. And then I heard it again, like in college, I was like, what was that? Oh my God. I remember that. And, uh, it kind of brought me back into it, but you know, also I don't think like music is everywhere. Like you're, you're listening to music all the time. There's rhythm everywhere. Like it's, it's permeates your life. You don't even know that it does. You're listening to music all the time, you know? And I think that that's like, you could be the best guitar player in the world. There are these guys on YouTube that are like, blah, 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 you know, and like the best technicians aren't necessarily the best musicians. Totally. You know what I mean? Like to listen to, right. They, they take this, they strip the joy out of the, the act of listening to music, which I think is a big part of it too. Right. Where well, you're not, they're not listening. They're just kind of showing off. You know, I think the best bands are those who are kind of listening to each other. And that's why I like, stuff that you don't really know what's going to happen next. And neither does the musician to a certain extent. Um, I mean, they know, but you know, at the same time, it's like, you can listen to us Foo Fighters or something. They're really well-crafted songs, big hooks, but I don't know. Dave Grohl seems authentic. So I like, yeah. him. I like him more than I love the songs. Is that a thing? Right. Yeah. Like, he seems great. But I'm like, so the music's, I'm not, I don't hate it. I'm, but I'm like, you know, whatever. I feel similarly about Dave Grohl. I, I really like Dave Grohl as a person, and I like the idea, I like the idea of the Foo Fighters, but I don't actively listen to them. I'm like, at least he them. seems authentic. It doesn't seem, yeah. he's trying to save rock and roll the best he can. You know yeah. what I mean? And good for you. Whether you love every song, there are some great, he wrote some great songs. Yeah. Which yeah. is, you know, that's, I don't know. It's not easy to write a song, but it, I think it's also like people respond to whatever is authentic to them. I think, you know, yeah. so I don't know. Like I could, I'll hear a metal, I'll hear Randy Rhodes play. Like I'm not a huge metal guy, but like when Ozzy played with Randy Rhodes, I'm like, there's, there was something there. Like those two guys, man, more so yeah. than black Sabbath. Or something. And, and, you know, and there's also, I mean, there's, I mean, you know, we're not, we're not going to solve the music conundrum in, in, you know, an hour. Right? <laughs> I also think, you know, there is, there's something really special about when you, when you witness somebody going into like a fugue state, you know, getting into the pocket, right? Like, I mean, in music, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. for Dom and, in, 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 uh, in Aaron, like the pocket is kind of this indescribable thing that musicians kind of like know and feel when all of a sudden it just like, it clicks in a the, way the that you're, you're just in it right and the k-hole the k-hole the k-hole of music and you know and like you know when you reference. see somebody get into that live like i i know um like radiohead i always have that experience watching radiohead like tom york you'll see him just like trance he's in a trance with trance right yeah, yeah. He's, he's in the k-hole for sure he's in- <laughs> <laughs> well, well but the, that, that only comes from knowing the material really well it's the same yeah. thing with acting like i can get there I haven't always gotten there, but I can get to the K-hole if I'm <laughs> really familiar with what's happening. I've done the work mm-hmm. ahead of time, and then I just forget it, and I'm present. Yeah. And it's just there. I'm just living it. I'm just living it. And I think it happens with musicians when they're just they're just living it. But it's not. But they practice. They know the material. It's not like yeah. it just comes out of nowhere. You know what I mean? Um, it's 10,000 hours, it's 20,000, whatever. So yeah, I think that's when, when those guys can get there, but you look at a band like the sex pistols or something like those guys weren't great musicians, but 
something about those songs really resonated with people because it seems authentic. Mm-hmm. They were like, fuck you, queen. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's a cool story. Yeah. Do you want to be yeah. a part of that? And it so, seems like people really responded. They were like, yeah, fuck you. Queen. Yeah. Fuck you, queen. queen. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I do like the crown. I like the crown, by the way. It's a great show. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so, yeah. So I think, I think that's it. I think, um, you know, we're approaching Joe Rogan time. We already did our eBay ad when, yeah. when Kevin's mic had exploded, but um, it was very convenient. You know, I know. I also heard that you guys are also getting the uh, the the sneaker sponsorship. So uh, yeah, love, did love we do it? Let me give it. Listen, come on over to our pod. I gotta give it. We gotta. This is why I'm here to promote my yeah. own podcast. Well, I mean, yeah, mu- music too. Hell music. Oh yeah. yeah. Did so we do it? Did we do it? Underscore. Did we do it? Underscore. This what? is one thing I was going to say is like, did we do it as the podcast, but did we do it and other things you're working on? I would love to know, you know, what, what other projects you want to just talk about that are yours What's coming up. Well, did we do it? Uh, Kyle gas from tenacious D and he's an actor who's an elf and a million other things. He, um, <laughs> that's not about Kyle. He's not here. Uh, <laughs> he, uh, he and I started a podcast just to kind of hang, play music, jam, talk to friends. We have all of our kind of friends in music and in, in theater, movies, television, uh, and just kind of homies come by and, you know, chit chat in the virtual studio. But, uh, yeah, we're on Spotify and Apple podcasts and all that also sponsored by eBay and also believe, are you guys on the believe po- podcast? Yeah, believe network, yeah we are. Do you believe in life after love? Uh, <laughs> now that's a great song, right? Yeah. Love that song. See? <laughs> Everyone loves Cher. Who yeah, doesn't love Cher? Because she sings authentic. And she's exactly. singing about love. <laughs> I love her from my favorite movie as a kid, The Mask. Mask, yeah. yeah. Mask, excuse me. Oh, yeah. They filmed that at my high school, I remember. Where where yeah. was that? In Woodland Hills, Taft High School. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, cool. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, he was, uh, yeah, Rocky Dennis. That's great. Rocky Dennis. Great movie. Um, do you so also <laughs> yeah. Alias, of course, uh, the run, like what anything else that you know, Runaways, yeah. Well, Marvel's Runaways did three three seasons of that, which is based on a comic by Brian K. Vaughn, and that is streaming on um Disney Plus and Hulu right now. R- really, really great show created by Josh Schwartz and Stephanie Savage, who did Gossip Girl and Chuck, and oh, which, which I worked on, and they're doing a reboot of Gossip Girl and all that. Um, so that yeah we just finished that just before the pandemic and i was off to work on something else which was quickly shuttled um i may be going to do something next month in toronto which i can't really talk about but it's uh but i'm gonna have to quarantine for two weeks in the hotel so have me back on i'll just hang out with you guys hey we'll have you over Let's we'll see if we can get to the bottom of this. What is music question? Yeah. <laughs> I'll be listening to a lot of it. There, there may very well be a subreddit dedicated to Toronto hotel rooms. So knowing knowing how Reddit works, so maybe we'll do True. One, maybe yeah. we'll do one fully about that. And but, you can't leave. I know an actor who left to get food, and the concierge called the production. He was fined and fired. You cannot oh. leave. Wow. Shit. That's, I'm almost like, do I need to work that badly? I don't really want to do it. Damn. That's a hell of a quarantine, eh? Yeah, that's, that's tough. A Canadian. Yeah, that we don't do that here. We don't seem no. to care as much. We all just get COVID <laughs> here. Yes. Seriously, man. I mean, it's weird times. Weird wow. times. Very, well, it's 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 waning. Everybody. I mean, I know that we're not. Uh, we we are not sponsored by Gavin Newsom and the Vaccinate California <laughs> campaign, but 
Get vaccinated. <laughs> John, they got that new one. The new one. The Johnson and Johnson. Is that yeah. the one we're getting? Johnson Johnson. Hell yeah, I'm on the Johnson and Johnson train. Or get one, get one, and I heard, I heard one and done. Like fucking see through walls and shit if you get that one too, which is tight. Yeah. These things are like these things are like my Mac OS updates. They just they keep rolling out this keep new thing. I got, they're all glitch. I got a glitch. My speakers don't work now. My Sierra, dude, uh, I right, hear you, well, man. Well, Kevin Wiseman, thank you so much for joining us. It's been an absolute treat, and I genuinely hope we do this again because you're, you're seriously. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. Thanks, Kevin. Awesome. I enjoyed it. All right, peace. Yeah, thanks. Bye. Bye, Bye guys. Bye. Um, what a fucking what a great guy. Absolutely. What a sweetheart. Yeah, that was awesome. God. So I know we had a little bit of audio problems there. I think uh, you know that's uh, big Hollywood coming at you. Can't, hey. can't be doing that. You know? Nothing we can for do about real? that one. Nothing can we do about that, but uh, did, did you guys like music now? Did we solve it? Did we solve the problem? Yeah. You know what it did teach me is like, especially that last question is you do kind of like, even if it's, even if it's effort, you kind of have to go out there and search for some of this stuff. And like, the more you learn about it, you can't not be interested in it. It's just a matter of like, because it's not something I'm naturally seeking out. Right. It's, you know, I don't come by it, but it really does show me like, just get in there, girl. Get into the music. Get Just get into you know, that music. You know what, dog? And um, Malcolm Gladwell has a podcast about like the story behind music. Right. What? That's with Rick Rubin. We had with Rick Rubin, which um, I know it exists, but I haven't listened to it. But I'm sure it's kind of like the crossroads of sort of what we're discussing. I think they tell the story behind the whatever. Um, totally. Hmm, maybe that'll be the way in. Hey, maybe it might be a way in. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I mean, I think there's a big difference between loving music because you grew up with it and you like like playing it and you fucking just want to riff and then like mm-hmm. you know appreciating it. Like I, I work with a girl who like just straight up doesn't like sports, and I was just like, yeah. "Have you seen the Thirty for 30? And she's like, yeah. "No, I don't like sports." I'm just like, that's an interest. That's a good comparison yeah. too. Like the Thirty for Thirty versus watching sports. Like I'll always yeah. watch the 30 for 30 and the hard knocks. Cause they, I like the story they craft, but like the sports I'm like, I, and, and this is personal to me. Like I'm pretty impatient as far as like sitting down. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, having the story keeps me, keeps me engaged versus even like just sitting and listening to music or going to a live show. I'm like, I gotta get out of here. Like, I, I don't like, I, I don't know what to do. Um, and so being like, that story keeps me engaged essentially Um, and i think it's one of the things about music i don't connect to is like i feel very impatient with it i'm like okay what's yeah i hear that that's my problem you know well that's gonna get an academy um, anyway um well this did you read it uh weekly podcast about the internet by way of reddit the front page of the internet my name is it's your dad I'm Dot Boobs. My free day coming from Rant Stretching Studios. Oh, and, and, and of course, Kevin Wiseman of the podcast, Did We Do It? Um, which is now, again, also on Believe Network, same network we are on. Um, in the same category, we are both in the pop culture category. We talk about, that. We talk about music and stuff. Um, really fucking great, dude. I really liked What a great uh, guy. Him, and I hope we do it again. Yeah. Um, now I'm going to go binge Alias. Um, dude I, me too so um, i'm gonna go watch sweet, runaways you know, i've been meaning to start that one and uh, well, yeah, thank really. you guys. He, also, he, he hosts that with kyle gas i know kyle couldn't join us because he had a family emergency but um or family some family came in town or some bullshit but he uh which is sometimes an emergency 
which is also sometimes an emergency, but check it out. Uh, but we will be back next week with another episode about the internet. See you later. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.